God's going to work it out for your good. What looks like a looming threat, you're going to get the victory over because he always makes you triumph in Jesus Christ. And that giant is no big deal to God. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. God gives you a dream, neither years, fears, nor tears need kill it. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you so much for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing the series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You know, one of the greatest failures recorded in all the Word of God is that of Israel's failure to cross over into the Promised Land. We're told that only two men out of over a million people from the first generation made it. One of those men was named Caleb. Caleb is remarkable, not only for his courage and faith, but for his unwillingness to let God's dream for him die with old age. This message is for everyone with a dream that has been under attack. Caleb is about to show us that neither years nor tears should be allowed to steal your dream. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, Caleb, an old man with a young dream. They saw that every one of these ships that they had arrived in were engulfed in flames. They looked at their leader and knew that he had deliberately cut off every possibility of retreat. Now that his soldiers were unable to return to the continent, there was nothing left for them to do but advance and conquer. And can I tell you, church, that every ship you sailed in in the world has been burned. And there's only one thing left for us to do as Christians, and that's advance and conquer. God has burned every bridge that leads back to the old life. There's nothing there. All that remains is to set our minds on the task of conquering our Canaan. Like it or not, you're in a battle. You've been drafted You've got the sword, the spirit, the shield of faith, helmet of salvation, belt of truth, gospel sandals. You are fully girded up with the armor of God. And God says, now you go and you conquer in the name of Jesus and make your mark. That's the will of God. There's only one way to stand up against the devil and the hordes of hell that attack you and I every single day. And that is to be totally surrendered to Jesus Christ. I really believe the man who kneels before God can stand before anybody or any devil or any situation and win if you are fully surrendered to him, closing the gap, closing the distance, getting as close as you can day by day to him. If you will pursue God with every fiber of your being, he'll do exactly the same for you. Listen to this promise. Come close to God and God will come close to you. 
Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world, said James. Now listen to this one. James also said, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Look at the order. First, you've got to submit to God. If you're not submitted to God fully like Caleb, you have no power to resist the devil, and he will not flee from you. It's when you say, Lord, take my all, be my all. Today, I'm going to close the gap. I'm not going to walk out the front door to face this world until I have closed the distance between me and you. I'm not going to give anything that gets into my spirit or life that separates me from God any longer than a 24-hour shelf life. I'm going to keep it right with you. I'm going to pray daily and close the distance and submit And when you do that, you can say to the devil, get out of my space, get out of my home, get out of my mind, get out of my life, because I'm submitted to God. So everybody say with me, commitment is crucial to getting your promised land. And now the second thing I see in Caleb's life, he had confidence. Oh, I love his confidence. Talk about confidence, 85 years old. 85 years old, and he believed he could still be a giant killer. It was his confidence in God's Word. He didn't have confidence in himself. He didn't have confidence in anybody around him. He had confidence in the very Word of God. Can I tell you, as a preacher of the Word, and as somebody that's walked with the Lord for many, many years, my confidence is not in my flesh. My flesh will fail me every time, and so will yours. But I do have great confidence in this book, You can live by it. You can die by it. You can stand on it. You can walk on it. You can count on it. You can bank on it. This is the word of the living God. The word of the Lord endures forever. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God's word will never pass away. He looked back in time to the word God gave him, and he said, that's my foundation. That's my rock. God gave me a promise. Where I stepped, when me and those 12 walked across the Jordan, I stepped on a mountain and God said, where your foot went, I'm going to give it to you. He took that word. He locked it in his heart. He refused to let disappointment, disillusionment, or detours take that promise away from him. His disappointment in people, his disappointment with So much time passing by, none of it robbed the Word of God. You know, Mary, it says that when Mary was holding the baby Jesus, that many, many words came to her about this baby. And one time, Simeon, this old man who had been told, you're not going to die until you see the Christ child, came and held him up and spoke words of prophecy over this child. And you know what said Mary did? She took these words of prophecy and promise and kept them in her heart. The Greek word for kept there means locked them up. She locked them in the safe of her heart. Because Satan's always after the word of God in your heart. Parable of the sower. The seed fell on the ground and immediately the devil was there to pluck it up off the ground before it took root. Folks, there's times when you've got to say with the Word of God over your life, 
Nothing is taking this from me. I'm putting it under the lock and key of my faith. Nothing is going to take this word out. I'm hanging on to it. I'm going to walk with it. And one day I'm going to experience it. No man and no devil is going to take the word from my heart. You've got to get tough with it. He had confidence in the word of God. God had spoken over his life. God had sworn by his own name. Where your foot has trod, it's yours. And so as an 85-year-old man, he had seen the promised land. And for 45 years, that vision burned in his heart as he walked through the wilderness. Oh, folks, I'm going to tell you the most enduring thing that you and I have is the burning of the Word of God deep in your heart. When God gives you a word, you can walk through any valley. You can go through any fiery oven. You can be betrayed. You can be walked out on. You can go through hell and high water, over mountains and deep valleys. But when that Word of God is burning in your heart, it'll carry you through anything and everything. The Word of the Lord burned in his heart when he was told you're going to have to spend 40 more years in the wilderness. The Word of God burned in his heart as the first generation died off. The Word of God burned in his heart when the last one finally died. And don't you know he was standing over him going, come on, come on, come on. He dead yet? Because as soon as the last one died, the anointing of God came on the second generation and Joshua rose up and said, it's time to go. And the children of those that failed had said, I'm not going to repeat mom and dad's mistake. We receive the word of the Lord. We receive it. I can just picture a bunch of them walking around the last one. Come on, come on, kick the bucket. Come on. We're ready. Caleb was right there with them, 85 years old. And it says that the way he did it is he looked beyond the trouble to the promise of God. While others complained, Caleb focused on a mountain where milk and honey flowed and where the giant grapes grew. It's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, it said as he sweat as it were great drops of blood knowing the cross was coming, he would soon be betrayed. He would soon be spit upon. His beard would be plucked out. They would whip him and beat him beyond recognition and crucify him on a tree. He knew it. But it says in the Bible, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was he doing? He looked beyond the cross to the joy. He looked beyond the cross to the promise. Some of you need to get your eyes off the problem and get them on the promise. Amen. And Jesus did that and it secured him. It empowered him. And when they nailed him to that tree, he said, this isn't what I'm looking at. I'm looking at my resurrection three days from now. This might be my toughest hour, 
but three days from now I'm coming out of that grave and I'm going to bring millions of people with me and I'm going to have an untold number of people redeemed by the blood that I'm about to shed and one day I'm going to return to the earth and rule it with a scepter of righteousness so I can look beyond the cross to the promise and get through this. And if you focus on the word, you can go through anything. Look at the promise of God. I can see him. This old 85-year-old man, strong, tough, rugged, he's climbing the mountain with a sword in one hand, ready to kill the giants, and a promised deed in the other. God gave me this mountain. It's the word over my life. I'm here to take it. Sword in one hand, promise in the other. Folks, that's how we live. The sword of the Spirit in one hand, the promise of God in the other. The sword of the Spirit fighting the devil and the promise of God holding our faith. And that's how you apprehend what God's got for you. And I can hear him saying, I want that mountain. I want that mountain where the milk and honey flow, where the grapes of Eskel grow. I want that mountain. I want that mountain, the mountain that the Lord has given to me. His eyes are peeled. He has seen it in his heart. He has lived it in his spirit. The dream has never died. The vision has never vanished. And now he's going up that mountain, slaying giants on the way and putting his foot where he had put it 45 years before. And he took it. You know what he shows us? Faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not just mere optimism. Faith is not just looking on the bright side of things. That's not faith. Here's what faith is. Faith is simply acting on what God says. Faith, you don't have to feel up or down to do what faith says. You don't have to feel good or bad. It can be a cloudy day, a bright day, a good day, a bad day, a tough day, an easy day, but you can take a step of faith no matter what. Faith just says God said it, that's his word. I'm going to do what it says. And he took it. So he had commitment. He had commitment. And he also had to have courage. And I want you to listen. Every time I say that word courage, I think of the Wizard of Oz and the lion. Courage. I need courage. I used to feel so bad for that guy, the king of beasts, and he had no courage. But Caleb had commitment and he had confidence, but he also had great courage. And he had to have courage for three obstacles. And so do you. Here they are. First, he had to overcome negative people saying negative things. Have you ever noticed that when you go to take a step of faith, here they come, the can't do it. Here's why you can't do it. Here's the shouldn't do it. All the people that think you shouldn't do it, can't do it, won't do it, are not called to do it. Have you ever noticed they come out of the woodwork when you go to take a step of faith? Here they came, negative people saying negative things. Moses sent 12 spies across the Jordan, and 10 of them came back with a we can't do it. 10 of them were can't do it, and they came back. And I want you to see the power of a negative report. They came back with a negative report, and here's what they said. They said, there we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Can I ask you a question? How did they know what the giants were thinking? They didn't know. 
They said, man, looking at them, we feel like grasshoppers. They got to feel the same way. And they projected their own negativity onto their giants and they attributed something to the giant that they did not deserve. Those giants might have been thinking, are these the people we've heard about that are taking every city they approach in the name of their God? They might have been quaking in their sandals, but instead the spies said, oh no, we look like grasshoppers in our own sight. And they came back and they shared this negative report with the people. You've got to be so careful what you listen to spoken over your life. They came back and said, we cannot do it. And the Bible says it had a terrible catastrophic influence. In Joshua 2.11, it says, as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone. We were like grasshoppers. They were huge. There's no way they're going to win. And the people's hearts melted. It was like spiritual vampirism. It came and sucked every drop of courage out of them. And they died on the wrong side of the Jordan because of a negative report except for Caleb. Caleb said, I'm not going to go with the crowd. I'm not going to go with the majority. They're not right. And can I tell you, church, we're in a country right now where the majority is going with some things that are completely wrong. Can I tell you, historically, the majority tends to be wrong because the majority tends to be fad, trend-driven. And not us. We are word God driven. So you've got to stay with what the word of God says. Caleb said, I'm not going to go with them. I am not going to go with the majority. They are wrong. He said, I may have to stand alone. It may just be me and God. But I know that if I'm standing on the word of God in the will of God, then the God of the word will stand with me. Second thing he had to overcome was the giants themselves. But he had an incredible perspective on these giants. Let me tell you this perspective. I love it. I'm writing a new book, and this is going to be in it. I love this. This is the way he saw his giant, and it's the way the God wants you to see your giant. He's trying to talk them out of listening to these negative naysayers. And he says, only do not rebel against the Lord, and don't fear the giants of the land, for they are our bread. You're going to eat them up. Can I tell you something about your giant? Your giant hopes you don't realize that it's your bread. You're going to eat your giant alive in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The giant looming over you is not going to win the battle if you have a commitment to God and you are completely submitted to God. That giant is going to become your bread. God's going to work it out for your good. What looks like a looming threat, you're going to get the victory over because he always makes you triumph in Jesus Christ. And you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. And that giant is no big deal to God. If you believe that, give him a hand of praise today. It's absolutely true. He said, they are our bread. And he said, their protection is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Three strikes, the giant is out. He's going to be your bread. Their protection is gone. And the Lord is with you. Three strikes, the giant is out. Can I say over you, your giant is going to be your bread. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with you. 
When you face a giant, you've got two options. Here they are. You can look at how small you feel compared to those giants, and that's the outlook of fear. Or you can look at those giants compared to the size of your great God, and that's the uplook of faith. You can have the outlook of fear or the uplook of faith, but either way, you choose is going to decide whether you win or whether you lose. So he had commitment, great commitment to the Lord, and he had courage. But then Joshua had to overcome, or not Joshua, Caleb, old age. He said, I was 40 years old, now I'm 85. I'm 85. I'm going to have to overcome old age. Here I am, 85 years old, but I've still got my young dream. I've still got that vision. I've still got that fire. I still want what God told me I could have. Folks, we need that kind of grit. We need that kind of steel in our spine. You know, I started preaching 40 years ago. That's hard for me to believe, but it's true. And God put something in my heart when I was 18 years old and started preaching. It's still there. I haven't seen it all, but you know what I'm doing? I'm saying with Caleb, God, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. I saw when I was 18, millions of people being reached with the word of God. We've reached thousands, but we're not done yet. We're going to reach millions with the word of God. I'm saying, give me this mountain. Caleb stood there in his twilight years, still possessing, overcoming, giant killing, courageous faith. Can I say something to you today? Never count God or yourself out. God's never finished with you. He's still working. And the dreams he's given you, though there's been many miles and many disappointments, may God rekindle the flame in your spirit again today. Caleb had commitment. He had confidence. He had courage. And because of that, he had a successful conquest. He climbed that mountain, sword in one hand, promise in the other, brought the giants down. And do you know that the place he took is called Hebron, which means fellowship. Caleb refused to quit until he had obtained all of his inheritance and dwelt in that special place of fellowship with God. He closed the gap. In his old age, he stood finished with what God had given him. Some of you with silver hair, wake up again. Some of you that have thought because of mistakes and detours and disappointments, your call is gone. No, it's still there. Look at Caleb. I want to encourage you to take the baton. This ought to be our battle cry today. We ought to refuse, and I mean this, to give up refuse to back up, refuse to shut up, or refuse to be held up until we have stood up, lined up, read up, prayed up, confessed up, stored up, spoke up, looked up, and filled up on everything the Lord wants us to have. Well, if you've got a dream in your heart, an aspiration, a vision for your future, 
Caleb's story is certainly encouraging stuff. You know, with God's blessing, Life Talk has grown to reach into the entire nation. We're now carried on 530 radio stations, which is an amazing thing to consider when we were only on one station just a few short years ago. And thank you to all our Life Talk listeners who helped to make that happen with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to check out our Life Talk website at lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. And don't miss next time when I'll continue our Unsung Heroes of the Bible series with a message on a man named Shamgar, the fearless farmer. So until next time, I pray God's rich blessing will be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, at Life Talk, we want to stay connected with you and help equip and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you'd like to receive e-devotionals and ministry updates from me, go online to lifetalkradio.us and sign up to receive this exclusive Life Talk listener email. When you sign up for the first time, we'll send you a free resource as a thank you for being a devoted Life Talk listener. So go to lifetalkradio.us and sign up for a free e-devotional today. Caleb, an old man with a young dream, is the seventh message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, for only $50 plus shipping. By logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.